Every Christmas we face the same crippling question. What are we going to get everybody for Christmas? Christmas seems to get more stressful every year because the Christmas list gets longer every year. What do we get the kids and the grandkids, the parents, the in-laws, the sisters, the brothers, the bosses, the co-workers, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, grandparents, teachers, babysitters, mail carriers, delivery drivers? It's tough to know what to give everybody every December. And for some reason, December seems to come faster every year. We have a few Christmas traditions in our family. On Christmas Eve, we read the Christmas story and then we open our stockings. I encourage you to read the Christmas story every Christmas, even if you've heard it a thousand times. The Christmas story, the thousandth and first time, is still as sweet. In most years, we stuff the stockings so full of stocking stuffers, it's enough Christmas for all of us. But on Christmas morning, we go around opening up our gifts. And sometimes, it's more difficult to receive the wrong gift than it is to give the right one. When kids open their gifts, their expressions range from a polite, thank you all the way to a shriek and a shout, and that's what parents are aiming for. The thank you is the first rung on the ladder. As you climb the ladder, the smiles get wider, the squeals get louder. As you hold the gifts in your hand that you had on your list. One night, the girls tore into their presents from me, mom, papa, and Rayleigh opened a gift she really wanted. She was so excited. She stood up, she jumped up, she shouted, this is what I really wanted. Now she has another Ken doll. I'm going to try to teach him football. For grown-ups, it's much more difficult. We don't want to appear ungrateful. We also don't want to appear dishonest. We're not all good actors, so we can't really act excited about a gift we're not excited about. If we do, we're going to go over the top. Everybody's going to know, and it's just going to be awkward. So we adults have worked out hard, and we've come up with a code that makes Christmas morning safe. It's a phrase. It's stronger than thank you, but... It's not as strong as just what I've always wanted. It's on one of the rungs between those two. It's, you really shouldn't have. And it means one of two things. Either it means you really shouldn't have bought me a reindeer Snuggie with elf slippers because I am never going to wear them. Or it means you, you really shouldn't have spent your money on me. You really shouldn't have traveled so far just to visit us. You really shouldn't have traveled so far just to buy this or spent so much time making this. You really shouldn't have possibly means that your kindness in December is going to cost you dearly in January. And because of that, you really shouldn't have. We've all thought it, we've all heard it, we've all probably said it, even this season. But there are some gifts. When you say you really shouldn't have, but underneath that grown-up wrapping is a smile and a childlike heart that finishes with, but I am so glad you did. We'll pull up a hay bale and sit with me only an arm's length away from the manger. And a simple thank you doesn't quite cover the gift given to us on that first Christmas night. Good day to you on this Christmas week. Simplify listeners, you're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to You Really Shouldn't Have on Simplify. You can hear, you really shouldn't have, and just what I've always wanted on the lips of everybody who peeks in to see the Christ child, especially them. They're a troop of third-shift shepherds who are watching sheep on a starry autumn night. And we glamorize the shepherds, but really they were pretty ordinary. Shepherds had nothing to look forward to but watching sheep sleep, 
A good day for a shepherd was a day when nothing happened. Mr. Shepherd prayed in the morning that he could go home at night and tell Mrs. Shepherd, Nothing happened today, babe. No wolves, no poachers, none sick, none wounded, none lost. Nothing happened today. Today was a good day. Let's hope tomorrow was more of the same. But on that night, God gave a gift he really shouldn't have given to lowly shepherds. They were doing what they'd always done. Nothing. And they were getting good at it. But suddenly there appeared in the sky a choir of angels on a one-stop tour. They could have gone anywhere to anyone God sent them to shepherds. When the starry sky lit up with holy light, one of the shepherds probably wondered what his wife put in the coffee. And the angel proclaimed, Fear not, don't be afraid. Well, that's easy for you to say. You're the one with a fiber optic outfit. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. One shepherd elbowed his shepherd buddy and asked, Do you see what I see? And another shepherd hollered across the holler, Do you hear what I hear? (laughs) They couldn't believe their eyes or their ears. Priests in Jerusalem had studied their whole lives to figure out when and where Messiah was coming, but God sent the birth announcement to third shift shepherds on a hillside. In Judea. If you and I were writing out the announcement list, we'd announce to Mary and Joseph's family, of course, Joseph's carpenter co workers, everybody in their synagogue. We'd announce it to people who deserved to know where and when the baby would be born, but shepherds? They didn't deserve to know where and when the baby would be born. Some might call that absurd. God calls it grace. As quickly as the angels filled the sky, they emptied it out. They were gone. They came, they saw, they sang, they announced. And suddenly, watching sheep sleep wasn't so fun. The angel told them where they'd find Jesus and what he would look like. And soon the hillside was full of sheep with no shepherds. Those shepherds burned a trail to Bethlehem, and when they got there, they started looking around and asking around. Maybe they thought there would be a line, He is the Savior, after all. Surely they're not the only ones to get the birth announcement. But there was no line wrapped around the block to get in to see the baby. They started asking around, excuse me, have you heard about a baby born tonight? Excuse me, can you tell me where the baby boy was born tonight? They probably scoured one home after another, but when they found an exhausted young couple and a baby boy wrapped in swaddling clothes, they knew they were in the right place. They walked in and knelt near the manger. If anyone in the history of humanity ever felt unworthy to be that close to God, they did. And yet they were some of the first to see Jesus. They were some of the first to kneel at the manger and worship God with us. Guys, this isn't right. We're not welcome most places because we look bad and we smell worse. Sometimes we're so woolly you can't tell us apart from the sheep. But a manger? A manger? That's about the only place in town we don't see those pesky no shepherds, no lepers signs. Jesus You're the king of kings. We're not exactly the portrait of King Couture, and most of us can't even spell Couture. Lord, you really shouldn't have. You really shouldn't have invited us. 
You should have sent angels to men who gave their whole lives to studying your law. They've studied the prophecies since they were old enough to read them. I'm sure the high priest would love to see and hear what we have seen and heard. They could gather thousands of gifts from the thousands in Judea. You are the king of kings. You deserve gifts. They could assign a security detail to keep you safe from Herod's sword. They could do so much for you. We can do so little. We will never be able to pay you back for your kindness. All we have are the sandals on our feet and the sheep in our field. Lord, this doesn't make any sense. You really shouldn't have. You really shouldn't have come to Bethlehem. There's nobody, nothing important in Bethlehem. There are so few inns, they fill up the first wave of tourists. Nobody really comes to Bethlehem. Lord, why not Jerusalem? Go a few miles down the road to Jerusalem. They deserve you in Jerusalem. There's a temple there. They could craft a gold-encrusted crib in the temple and build you an ivory throne until you're old enough to set up your own kingdom in Jerusalem. But this, this manger, us, we shepherds, this, this is all wrong. It doesn't make any sense. You really shouldn't have been born like this. You should have been surrounded by midwives and wrapped in fine linen, not makeshift strips of swaddling clothes. You should have been laid to sleep your first night's sleep on Egyptian cotton in a warm crib, surrounded by maids and nurses, ready to jump at every whimper. The only people here to herald you is us. This isn't right. We're not worthy. We're not perfect. We're not saints. We make mistakes. We fall more than we stand. Lord, you really shouldn't have. But my friends, there is no lower way God could have come to us. But had he come any other way, none of us would be able to come to him. And so I say for all of us, Lord, you really shouldn't have. But we are so very glad you did. Join me right now, would you? And let's adore him. Let's praise him. Let's thank him. He came from heaven to earth, laid in a manger, so anybody, including shepherds, could come to him and worship. So let's worship. I love you, Jesus. You really shouldn't have, but we are so thankful you did. Had you not come, we would not have hope. Had you come any other way, we wouldn't have access. But Lord, you came in the lowest way possible. Thank you, Jesus. I pray everyone who's hearing this, whether they get every gift they want for Christmas this year or not, I pray everyone hearing this would feel the, the hope that comes from the gospel, that comes from the fact you came incarnate in human flesh. You are God with us. Thank you, Jesus. You really shouldn't have, but we are so very thankful you did. Help every one of us to be grateful. Help every one of us, Lord Jesus, to look on the gift you have provided for us. And give thanks and praise and worship, for you alone are worthy of it all. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much, Simplify listeners. I hope this week is a great week for you. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season. Hey, if you would, please give me a gift and click on subscribe or share. And that way you'll never miss an episode. And then you can give the gift to others and you share it with them. They won't have to miss any episodes of Simplify either. We're closing in, of course, on the end of the year. And if you're still looking for gifts to give, you can head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. A couple of gifts I would recommend. One is a devotional that launched this podcast, Simplify. In fact, it's a devotional that goes all the way through the year. So it would start on the first week of the new year, and then it walks through the calendar year. So it'll be a great gift to give, especially right here at Christmas time. 
Another book is called Ten Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments. Walks through each of the ten, and then there's a bonus chapter in there as well. And I know you can get that at PentecostalPublishing.com. And if you use promo code SIMPLIFY at checkout, it will give you 10% off your next order as long as you haven't used promo code SIMPLIFY already. So check that out and enjoy Simplify in 10 Words. You can also get those on Amazon for Kindle, or if you're here in Knox County, Ohio, you can pick both of those up at Paragraphs Bookstore at the corner of South Main and East Ohio Avenue. Next week, Christmas Day, I want to share with you a devotion called What Now? I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.